Coming up on March 13th from noon to 3, it's the first ever Diego and Divorce Show meet and greet. Live and in living color from the Strasburg Flea Market at 110 Massanutten Street in Strasburg, Virginia, join his lordship, Lord Everett DeVore, and co-host Diego with very special guests, Mad Max Morrison and Anthony Athens. While you're there, check out the plethora of pro wrestling collectibles, memorabilia, comic books, and other rare collectibles. That's Sunday, March 13th at the Strasburg Flea Market from 12 noon to 3 p.m., 110 Massanutten Street in Strasburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit Facebook.com slash Diego and Divorce Show and Facebook.com slash Strasburg Flea Market. And remember, it's not just a podcast, it's the Diego and Divorce Show. Ooh, yeah! Cream of the crop rises to the podcasting top, yeah! The mega powers of podcasting madness, Lord Everett DeVore and co-host Diego. Diego and Divorce Show, uh-huh, that's what I'm talking about. Snap into it, it's the Diego and Divorce Show. Oh yeah. Pro wrestling, paranormal, and all things entertainment. From parts unknown, way unknown, here they are. Lord Everett DeVore and co-host Diego. They are the Diego and Divorce Show. Welcome to another episode of the Diego and Divorce Show. Lord Divorce extending his vacation and traveling. Well, he's not going to Santa Barbara. He'll be back with us soon. Let's just get to it. On this episode of the Diego and Divorce Show, we're going to travel back to Memphis. The destination is Championship Wrestling from Memphis. Tonight's guest. He's a radio personality, actor, Fear Factor champion, and one of the top wrestlers in the Memphis wrestling scene. He is the best of the best. Please welcome to the Diego and DeVore Show, Austin Lane. Mr. Lane, welcome to the Diego and DeVore Show. Thank you so much. I mean, it's an honor to be on the show. I really appreciate you having me on. And yeah, I, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Let's rock. And man, I'm, I'm excited too. I know we tried this a couple of times, but it seems like the, just when I was going to have you on, we, on the Diego and DeVore Show, you... Kind of got into it with with a K tumor because I don't know how to explain this. this is a for a force of nature in the ring and some things happen. You were out of commission for a while and, you, and you're back. You haven't missed a beat. I appreciate that. Yeah, the uh, K tumor is uh, for for those who don't know who he is. Uh, for one, you should be watching the uh, Memphis Wrestling Show on YouTube or on television. But if you don't know who he is, he's, yeah, he's like a 485 pound Mack truck and uh, he hits extremely hard. But yeah, you know, I was. I was out for a little bit, and then, of course, I made my return at the Grind City Rumble. Uh, came in at number 30 and, and won the whole thing. And then, you know, just a few weeks ago, had the match with K Tumor, non-sanctioned, uh, no disqualification. And, yeah, I mean, I, I stepped out on top, and next up is uh, Super Bout. Yeah, and then talking about that, I know now you're kind of getting ready to mix it up with uh, the gun show himself, Brett Michaels. Yeah, the gun show, Brett Michaels, he's uh, he's the Memphis Heritage Champion for one thing, so he's really good, and he's one of those guys that he's got the, the muscles, he, he's strong, he's fast, he's been there, been around for a long time, so he knows how to wrestle and how to counter and all that kind of stuff, and uh, it's going to be one heck of a challenge, I know that, and he's been kind of been considered the guy in Memphis wrestling over the past year, uh, even though I've been undefeated, so... I guess it all comes down to this right here. It's going to be uh, the Super Bout. It's our big anniversary. It's one year. 
uh, that championship wrestling from Memphis has been on television, and uh, we're going to kick or end off the year with the uh, biggest match in the history. It's going to be the undefeated Austin Lane against the uh, Memphis Heritage champion, Brett Michaels. Man, it's going to be a hell of a match, too. And, you know, probably by the time this comes out, it might have already happened. I'm not even going to get on the internet because I don't want any spoilers. What's interesting, I was rolling through your Twitter with a little bit of talk about Memphis wrestling, and it seemed like it started like a really kind of small, and look how it's blown up now. Yeah, I mean, it was it was something that that the especially the area of Memphis, as far as the live local crowd, has been wanting for years. You know, Memphis wrestling was so huge on Saturday mornings for years, and everyone tuned in, and they went to the Mid-South Coliseum on Monday nights, and it was a big thing to where, you know, legends were created and moments were created, and for years they've always wanted it, and then Dustin Starr kind of, Got with the uh, the people uh, like that does the championship wrestling from Hollywood, you know Dave and all them, and decided that he wanted to bring back Memphis wrestling and he wanted to, to give a shot at it. And you know it started out as it was kind of a really small thing. I mean we did have television right off the bat, but it was one of those where hey you know we'll see how it goes as far as the TV station, and then I mean it, from right off the bat I mean it just started blowing up and it got so huge that. Of course, you know, the, the te- we have more and more television stations at, as we speak. I mean, there's some that I can't even announce yet, but big-time television stations that uh, are going to be picking up the product, and everyone is just, I mean, it's blown up so big. You know, you see all the stars that we bring in, with Lance Archer, you know, Mickey James, Booker T, Nick Aldis, Jonathan Gresham. You know, we've had all these huge stars, the Boogeyman, and it just, there are so many more stars yet to come that have not even been announced yet that, I mean, it's going to be the forbidden door began in Memphis wrestling, and it's kind of you know we've really taken it to another level. And the, I mean, just the entire show, the crowd, the place is sold out every single TV taping, and they're loud. I mean, there's so many. I get messages from all over the world that people are saying that you know how they love the show, and and I just couldn't believe that you know this small company. It's going to be a little small thing just to kind of you know, for the local crowd so we can bring Memphis back has turned into a global phenomenon. No, I mean, that's, it, it's, it is a beautiful story. That's why I'm such a fan of championship wrestling from Memphis because not only you get the top superstars out there today in pro wrestling, but you're also seeing a lot of guys who are just getting getting their feet wet. And a lot of those guys, are they coming from your academy over there or is that some of the indie guys just also trying to get some extra work? It, it's actually a mixture of both. We, got, we have the... Uh... Right there in the Wrestle Center, we have uh, training, and we've had several people to come from the training that's uh, that's wrestling on Memphis now. But there's a lot of them that are just indie stars from around, I would say locally, but they're from all around the United States. I mean, people traveling in from New Orleans, from Atlanta, every single taping. Uh, there's several of them that I help train, actually, that are on the show, you know, now that are, uh, you know, that I trained years ago. And a lot of the indie guys, the local, you know, not necessarily the big stars, but a lot of the local guys, you know, this is their first opportunity at doing TV. And they're so excited because everyone there, we realize, you know, how special of a product that we're actually putting out. No, and, and it is. And it's, it's great because I know right now the whole world can see the superstars championship wrestling from Memphis on YouTube. I think that's one of the great things about YouTube now. It's not just in my days, man. Unless you have rabbit ears in UHF, you can't watch nothing else. There's only one product. Now there's you have a worldwide audience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was first started, you know, I always credit myself as I was the first 
internet indie star that before the internet, you know, it was the one where all the guys in the locker rooms kind of passed it around that, oh yeah, Austin Lane, that's that's the guy's really good. You need to bring him in. And, you know, I traveled around, but we didn't have the YouTube or anything like that, or even social media to to really, you know, to get our names out even more. But you know, during that time, if it, you had to, I'd travel to indie companies and would wrestle on little local syndicate, you know, television shows. And I, you know, I would travel to Chicago and wrestle there and I'd get there and not a lot of people knew who I was at the beginning. And then of course, after the match was over with, you know, I had people at the merch stand and all that other stuff because they enjoyed my work. But, you know, when we, when I first went up in it, you know, we didn't have YouTube or anything like that, but now it's, it's so crazy because YouTube, you know, any show can get on YouTube. If you get a build up a big enough audience, you know, the whole world can see. I mean, even now, you know, we'll travel different places and, and they know exactly who I am. They're like, oh, hey, you know, it's, it's Austin Lane. Hey, man, best of the best. You know, get pictures taken with people that normally when I first came up in it, you know, if you didn't have, you know, either, like you said, the rabbit ears or uh, if you weren't trading VHS tapes with, you know, with the in the wrestling community, you know, you really probably didn't know who I was. Yeah, you know, back then also, you know, it was tape trading or if you were buying some some merchandise from one of the performers there, you know, they might have compilation of their videos too, but man, it's nothing compared to uh, what it is today. I think uh, there's more opportunity out there to be seen. And I think that you guys are the lightning rod of wrestling right now because you see everybody comes in there. Yeah, I mean, I even, I, I tell people all the time that it, it, to me, it feels like the, you know, the territory days are back. It's just, instead of it being, you know, like, like it's not exactly the same as it was, but the territory days to me, it's kind of back with, you know, all these different promotions throughout the, you know, the world are able to, to get their show out there and people are able to watch it and support it. And there are so many that are very successful that, you know, nowadays you don't have to go to the, the WWE to make a living. You can make a living at, you know, Championship Wrestling for Memphis and Impact Wrestling, AEW, you know, Ring of Honor. I mean, there's lots of different places that, that wrestlers can make money. And that's true. That's a great thing about wrestling the way it is now that you don't have to no longer rely on the big one or two companies out there. But let's get into something we talked about earlier before we started the show. And I'm really interested in this whole thing when you started in, well, you, you were a champion in Fear Factor. I don't know many people who can claim that title. If you don't mind, we can talk about that. All righty. Because you're a Fear Factor champion. And what year was that? And how does what did you do to win? Because I know what the show's about. Oh, yeah. the uh, it, it, It's really cool. I mean, I, I've got lots of, like, uh, merchandise and everything. I guess they called it the uh, – it's not really a purse, but the the winner's, like, a grab bag kind of thing that, you know, I got, including a shirt that says Fear Factor Champion, that, and on the back says Fear is not a factor for me. So, anyways, when I went to try out for it, I had, like, opening casting, and so I went to try out for it. And I didn't really want to try out for it at the beginning, but, like, my daughter's – uh, very young at the time, and I can't remember what year exactly it was. It was several years ago, but I mean, several years ago. My my 19 year old daughter now, I'm, she was maybe 10, so it was probably about 10, 11, 12 years ago, something like that. But when I got on there, I mean, they they were having these open castings, and they had all these younger guys, and and I was in my 30s, and all these younger guys, you know, you kind of, they were being all cocky and confident. And, oh, you know, fear's not a factor for me. I'm ready. I can do this. And when I got up there, I, I the wrestling promo kind of thing went to the forefront. And I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be different. I'm just going to cut a promo. I'm going to draw them in. 
So I started cutting a promo about my daughters and my wife watching. Uh, they're here watching, and there's, you know, I, I, I'm scared to death, but by God, I'd do anything for my family and my daughters and everything. I kind of, you know, drew them in, and then I remember when they did the cuts, and they they started naming off names. They didn't say my name, and, and the, all these people come to the front, and they told them all, you're excused. And I looked up, and like, wait a minute, they're excused? You, wait, did we make the show? And, and then they told us, you know, hey, you know, congratulations, you guys. We had to sign all these waivers and everything. But as far as the stunts, I, luckily I didn't have to eat anything. It was one of the ones I didn't. You didn't have to eat. Oh, good. Yeah, they in between filming, they did. Um, they did bring out like some. I think they brought out like. Uh, I remember straight because I was kind of trying to peek over because they had all. They were setting up these big, you know, stunts, and uh, I remember one point they had like a huge spider in the in the box on like they were getting audience members there watching, like inside the box with the spider, and then they had. One where I think they were eating something, but luckily we didn't have to. I guess they kind of rotate, you know, the these different stunts. But anyways, the ones that we did, it was, I was hanging from like this raptor thing. Of course, they had us harnessed in, but I, we were hanging. And then as it was going along, they started hang, not hanging like by our hands, not hanging like you know, bad hanging, but uh we're hanging on to it with our hands, and as it was going along, you know, it was trying to hang on the longest kind of deal. I guess the first two were eliminated, but they started like with wind and rain. They started hitting us with all this stuff, and then as it's going, after I noticed that two people had dropped, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? If I'm I'm survived the first one, I know I'm gonna make it to the second round, and I'm not gonna be exhausted, so I just let go. And you know, I dropped around, I don't know, maybe two or three left, something like that. But I knew it would, I'd made it to the other round. And then the second round was they had us like at a like at a guillotine kind of thing where was, I was swinging back and forth, and it was, it what it was was at the very beginning the the I had a partner and on the he was on the ground and he was throwing up bean bags and I had to catch them in this pocket thing and the number I, that I caught I had to turn around and they said we were going to be tossing them back down, but this person would be like chained to this area where he couldn't move around. And then, of course, they did the twist that after we caught the beanbags, they changed it to live squid. Oh. So I had, yeah, or uh, octopus and squid. And I, they were, like, grabbing over our arms and that kind of stuff. But we tossed, and, and me and that guy, I think by one, maybe by one octopus or something like that. And then the final was an obstacle course where we had rain and water, and we had to climb up the side of a building and we're grabbing flags off of the building. And we had to we had to get each flag or we couldn't move on. And then we grabbed the key at the top, slid down a pole, and then we got into a uh, vehicle that they lifted up off the ground and they tilted us like toward the ground, like where we were facing the ground, so it would really be scariest, I guess. And we had to grab flags off of like the front of the car, and you know the the car being wet and everything, so I had, you had to kind of hang on to it, and not fall off the car. But, slide down and grab a flag and that kind of stuff but anyways we got to the final round and i thought to myself i'm like you know what this other guy's very fast and the smaller guy i'm just literally just not be scared of anything i'm going to just give it my all if i fall i fall like that i mean i have a harness on it i just literally thought to myself i can't be scared 
So I took off like running the fastest I've ever run. I climbed the building and, and I was stuff that I would not have done. You know, I was hanging on the side of the building. You had to jump from one leg to the other. I just jumped. I mean, I just jumped and just so luckily that I actually caught myself and didn't fall off the side of the building. And I ended up like flying through it and beating the guy by like, I mean, he never finished. So I mean, I think I beat him probably by like at least two minutes. I mean, I mean, I blew him out of the water. And it was one of those, as soon as it happened, as soon as I won and, and I got the last flag off, I mean, just, I had this emotion just fell over my entire body. Now, with, with all that, were there doctors and me- medical staff available? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, we had doctors, medical staff there. Oh, there you are. Yeah, you yeah were, we had doctors yeah. and medical staff and uh, had an ambulance there and all that stuff. They, I mean, it, ahead of time, it, it's kind of funny because I think that they were trying to uh, – make sure everyone was really scared. You know, they, they're just, they're putting on a show. They're putting on a television product and, and they had, they had guys there that, uh, they brought in someone to read us our last ride. Oh. <laughs> like it was, it was pretty cool. But of course, you know, with me being a wrestler, I thought to myself, I'm like, this is a work. They're doing this to get me on the edge of my seat. But yeah, it was great. It was a great experience. I loved it. And it's <laughs> something that I'm so proud of. I mean, I put it on my Twitter profile and it was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago, but so proud of it. No, as well as you should, because it's not something everybody can say, hey, I won Fear Factor. Yeah. Or it's not everybody can say, I was, a, I was a champion of American Gladiators back in the early 90s when I was around. And before we continue with that, I know that uh, we talked about championship wrestling from Memphis now becoming a global thing. Well, just like the Diego and Divorce show, now 26 countries strong and almost every state in the United States strong, we're going to be doing something fantastic it'll be the first Diego and Divorce show live meeting meet on March 13th in Strasburg Virginia but you know what I can tell you all about it or I can tell well you know it's gonna tell you my good friend our good friend from corner to corner wrestling Stan Larry will tell you all about it Stan take it away buddy coming up on March 13th from noon to three it's the first ever Diego and Divorce show meet and greet live and in living color from the Strasburg flea market at 110 Madison Nutton Street in Strasburg, Virginia, join his lordship, Lord Everett DeVore, and co-host Diego with very special guests, Mad Max Morrison and Anthony Athens. While you're there, check out the plethora of pro wrestling collectibles, memorabilia, comic books, and other rare collectibles. That's Sunday, March 13th at the Strasburg Flea Market from 12 noon to 3 p.m., 110 Massanutten Street in Strasburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit facebook.com slash Diego and Divorce Show and facebook.com slash Strasburg Flea Market. And remember, it's not just a podcast, it's the Diego and Divorce Show. All right, and we're back with the best of the best, Austin Lane. So we just talked about Fear Factor, we talked about Memphis wrestling, and, and you're a person, you wear, you wear many hats. You, you're a wrestler, you're an on-air personality, you're an actor. I don't know, and I don't know where you find the time, but... Let's talk about your current radio career you have going on, because the more and more we talk before the show, the more and more surprises you bring me. Yeah, the uh, uh, right now, currently uh, on air uh, at the River Country 967 Morning Show. Of course, it's, you can, if you're around here, you can get it on the radio. Of course, you can also get it. Uh, they have an app in the App Store, so if you want to listen to it that way. But yeah, it's the uh, River Country 967 Morning Show. I actually do it with my wife, Nikki, and uh, yeah, we, we enjoy it. We ha- have a really good time. It's a kind of a comedy show mixed in with, you know, with uh, news and announcements and that kind of stuff. And then, of course, also announce uh, high school football and basketball. Uh, I do that. And I'm a statistician. Uh, I coach football. 
uh, I'm the, uh, I guess I would be umpire in charge. I, I kind of over like the youth group around this area. So, and I like schedule and uh, for umpires for softball, baseball. I mean, I, I wear several hats. I do everything I can, you know, for the community. And, you know, I just, I, I go nonstop. I guess sooner or later I'm going to have to slow down. But for now, you know, life's too short, you know. Get out there and, and, and I'll do everything I can just to not even just to get my name out, but just to to help other people as well. You know, I do the umpiring and, you know, the, the a lot of volunteer work I do. You know, I, I just the life, life is just way too short to sit around and watch TV all day, I guess you'd say. No, no I agree with you. And I'm guilty sometimes of doing that. You've been doing this for a very long time and going back to the wrestling part. And probably, I think, what, since 1998, is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, uh, 1998. I believe it was October, it might have, around the 9th or 10th of uh, 1998. So I've been doing this a really long time. Let's go back to the origins of Austin Lane. How did it start? Well, the uh, honestly, like I start, when I started, I started training, you know, here in Arkansas. And it was at a very small building, believe it or not. You know, I started training with the guy. And the guy that decided to train me, it happened because... Uh, I actually lived a few houses down from him. He was the indie wrestling guy, like from back in the day, and I didn't realize that he was. Uh, and his son was picking on my brother, so like he was kind of not—I wouldn't say bullying, but he was just roughing him up a little bit. Uh, they were wrestling, playing around in the, in the yard, kind of deal. So the the kid came when he was over there and done it. I came out and I actually like front faced the guy, and I didn't choke him out, but I I got him to a point where he was tapping out and he was, you know, he'd had it enough. Anyways, he ran off and a couple hours later, his dad walks in, big gigantic guy, walks down the road and and to ask me, and I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, this this adult is, is he's about to slap me around. <laughs> but he came up and he said, and then I, I told him what I'd done. He said, where did you learn that? Well, I watch wrestling on TV all the time. I said, I'm a big fan of it. And he's like, do you want to do this for real? I kind of I was like, wait a minute, what, what do you mean? And so he brought me up and, and trained me and, and was training. And I trained there locally with a guy named Chico Murdoch and, and Jay Murdoch. And, you know, if you guys like it, or and we actually trained in the same building called the Dixie Dance that Dustin Starr and Derek King actually trained at. But, you know, it, I learned there and then I started working, uh, working shows, just paying my dues kind of deal. And then I got met up with uh, Jerry Lynn, of course, uh, from ECW fame, you know, the new mm-hmm. effing show, Jerry Lynn current ATW uh, coach slash producer kind of thing. And anyways, uh, he kind of took me under his wing and, and taught me a lot about the business and a lot about wrestling and that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's, he's like my wrestling father, and I still talk to him all the time to this day. And, you know, I, it, we've always been close, but, you know, I, start, I did it and started traveling around and got my name out there. And it was one of those where I was taking every show I possibly could do. And then – uh, doing every single wrestling seminar I could and learning from as many people as I could to where, you know, I was always taught, you know, Jimmy Hart told me, he's like, and the, uh, the best wrestlers on the planet aren't the, uh, you know, they, they aren't the guys like Chris Jericho and, and Shawn Michaels. They're the guys who can wrestle against the Undertaker one night and have their match for them. And then they can wrestle the big show the next night and have their match for them. And then they can wrestle Ricky Steamboat the next night and have Ricky's match. You know, the best wrestlers on the planet don't have their match. They have needs to be to have the best match possible. 
how was that? I mean, being under his learning tree, I don't know how long you were, because he's also a Memphis guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he worked some in Memphis. And uh, yeah, when I started working, I mean, it, unbelievable. I mean, he taught me so much about the wrestling business, cutting promos, uh, about the money situation, you know, and and the business part of it and getting your name out there and how to sell gimmicks and how to, you know, how to be a baby face, how to be a heel. He taught me everything as far as how to work. And he just... I mean, we, we've gone on vacation together recently before the, you know, all the, the COVID stuff. We went on vacation together. I mean, he just, he's family. I mean, he's Uncle Jerry of the kids. My wife loves him to death. I mean, it, it just, family, his family, you know, we just love each other. It's it's a family. I mean, it really is. And you, you get to, over time when you're wrestling people and you're putting your life in their hands to a point where, you know, you're trusting them not to, you know, to where you can still put food on your table and you're not going to go home and, you know, you have to have your wife and kids take care of you and you're not able to, you know, to feed them or to clothe them or put on that. You're trusting those people. So you really learn that it's a family. I mean, the wrestling really is a lot of times a family. You have to, to trust each other. And just over time, that trust turns into love. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unlike any, I guess, it's not like a football team. It's more like a family. And I didn't play yeah. football. But it's 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 a it's a very close knit community where everybody shows support for each other, and of course you have one or two people that you know not team players, but overall it's a very positive experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and what you said about football is is so it's dead on because I mean, even you know football players they'll be on on different teams. No one's trying to hurt each other. No, because they know that they you know these guys have to provide, and this is a job for them and. They're going out there and competing with each other, the wrestlers do, to compete, you know, for that, you know, the merchandising dollar, for the ticket dollar, you know, for people to, to, to purchase a ticket to watch them wrestle. But at the same time, we know that each other, we have to protect each other to the point where we're able to provide for our families. So, you know, no one's out there to try to injure anyone at all, uh, but we're out there, you know, we are competing with each other. So, yeah, I mean, you're on with the football, but it. Like you said, it, it's kind of like the football where if you were competing with your own team, because you know, as a as as a team, you know, you want the what's best for that team. You want to win the Super Bowl. You want that company that you wrestle for to have a million viewers. But same time, we compete with each other and don't want to hurt each other, kind of deal. So yeah, you're. I mean, you're right on. Football is a a great analogy for what we do. Yeah, and but you know, as far as competing against each other, you are in a way because you're competing for a spot and to climb Absolutely. the ranks. Because if you're not competing for that spot, somebody else is going to take it from you. So you really have to be on point with what you do inside the ring. Yeah, and I and I compete with everyone, and I compete with myself that I want to have the best match. I want to go out there, and every single time I go out there, no matter where I go, with no matter what town I'm in, whatever what show I'm at. When I go out there, given the given that I'm I have the time to do it and the creative liberties to do it, I'm going to steal the show. I mean, I'm that confident, I guess. But I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make the other guy look great. I want to have the best match on the show. When it's all said and done, I want you know I want the little kid turning to his parents and 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 saying, "Wow, that Austin Lane was so good." And I want him to go home and and call up grandma and grandpa and say, "I went to wrestling and you know the Austin Lane guy, he was awesome." You know, that, that's my goal is to create moments for little kids, for adults, 
for everyone. I'm, I'm going to go out there and I'm giving everything I have to be the very best match on the card. Right. And that's where the, mon- you know, the moniker best of the best. But before you came, became the best of the best, there's the origin. So once you completed your training, I mean, and training never really stops in wrestling. You learn every time as you go. I mean, once you yeah. learn everything, you, you know, you can retire. That's okay. It's a continual. You graduate to the next level of knowledge and skills when you first started wrestling what was the first company you started with huh? and then because i know you have a long history so let's just try to how do we get to memphis okay uh well let's see uh honestly i don't remember the first the name of the first company it had something to do with arkansas as far as the names i wrestled for so many and then i mean when i first started i wasn't the best of best Austin lane of course i was what was it it was the heartthrob austin lane <laughs> and then right. then and then um, I guess closer to I believe in '99 I was the Millennium Austin Lane, and then after that uh, a guy a, a legendary wrestler from Memphis area the Ebony Idol Reggie Montgomery started calling me Superman at first because he always said you know that I could I could do anything in the ring so he called me Superman, and then after that uh, he loved Dominic Wilkins the wrestler so he named me the Human Highlight Reel from Dominic Wilkins, and then. From there, the way we got to the best of the best was, uh, as a kid, I loved martial arts movies. And the movie Best of the Best was one of my favorite movies. I loved that movie, yeah. Eric Roberts. Yes, Eric Roberts was the man. Yeah, Eric Roberts, when everyone else was like, oh, you know, I like uh, Steven Seagal. I'm like, no, Eric Roberts. I'm telling you, Eric Roberts. And then, you know, just off a little bit, the... uh, the American Ninja series. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love those movies. But anyways, I started calling myself the best of the best, and then, then from there it kind of became a, a backstage deal where it was it wasn't just a moniker anymore. It was legit. It was a shoot. I was the best of the best in the ring kind of deal, and I you know I traveled around a lot. I did some for uh, I don't know. Can you cuss on here? Of course. There was a company named Kick Ass Wrestling. But it was ran by Motley Cruz. I know. I know everyone has seen the the infamous uh, Max Spill by uh, Jeff Farmer. The whole, you know, the really bad one. Uh, you see it a lot on like uh, the uh, a lot of wrestling bloopers and Botchamania kind of stuff. The guy where he's talking about he, he's very stuttering real bad. Is uh, you know Motley Crue, uh, you you attacked me and, and made me mad. Really bad one. But anyways, that, that Motley Cruz and he he taught me a lot too. Motley's great. But anyways. He had one called Kick-Ass Wrestling. That's where I got started in Memphis. And then I did some stuff with the Memphis TV show. Uh, and then Power Pro Wrestling. I was Power Pro Wrestling champion. Uh, I was the, uh, well, not the only. Uh, there's only two individuals that ever won the Power Pro Wrestling Championship and was undefeated at the time. That was Kurt Angle and me. So, you know, I did the, the Power Pro for a little bit. I got hooked up with the NWA uh and was doing stuff there. I was the Mid-South Heavyweight Champion several times, and then I got hooked up with uh, a company named uh, Down South Championship Wrestling that that had a deal with uh, TNA and was doing a lot of stuff with TNA and wrestling a lot of guys, AJ Styles, Sonny Siaki, Elix Skipper, David Young, a lot of those guys, and uh, Abyss. You know, we did a lot with a lot of those guys, and I kind of got my name out there, and then uh, I actually I injured my neck several years ago, but I injured my neck and was going to have to retire. So, you know, I had a retirement and then took about a year and a half off and I was having injections in my neck and instead of doing the surgery, well, after about a year and a half, the doctor cleared me and I was 
I was like, wow. So you know, you're saying I can wrestle again? And he's like, yeah, just you know, just take it, take it easy. So I thought to myself, okay, I've been out for a year and a half. A lot of young guys are coming up. I've got to take it easy. So I need to ease back into it. So my first match, easing back into it, was against Ricochet. <laughs> so uh, told myself, I said, all right, listen, Ricochet is probably the best worker on the planet. There's nothing he can't do. If I'm going to get back into it, I've got to go with him. I've got to prove that I can hang with Ricochet. If I can't, then I don't need to get back into wrestling. And me and Ricochet had the several publications called it the Indie Match of the Year. I mean, we tore the house down in uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which was about an hour from his hometown. So his uh, his son and family was able to come watch it. So he wanted to do a lot of stuff. So I knew that I was going to have to really uh, – I was going to have to bring out all the stops if I was going to be able to hang with him. But uh, we, we did a lot. I mean, we went out there and tore the house down. And I hung with him. And, and I guess you know, one step led to another, and all of a sudden – I was back into wrestling, and then after a little while, uh, traveling around a little bit, I seen that Championship Wrestling from Memphis was starting up, and I knew Justin Starr from years. You know, uh, I've known Justin Starr for a long time, so I called him up, and I said, hey, I'd like to help produce, you know, if I'm able to. And he told me, he's like, you know what, I'd love to have you to produce. He said, but I'd love to have you in the ring, too. So if, if, you, if you want to produce, you wrestle some, and, you know, let's do this. So I signed on with uh, Memphis Wrestling, and a year later, I'm producing and, and wrestling and currently the number one contender and main eventing the biggest show I've ever had. I mean, I've had several of the wrestlers from Championship Wrestling from Memphis on the show, and they always say great things about the company. They always say even better things about Dustin Starr. And it just seems that they're all, like I said, we're talking about family. You know, they're really they're having a good time. They want to stay there as long as they can. So I've had them on the show, and terrific guys, all of them. So let's talk about also because you were also you spoke about training. Right. Are you are you also one of the, one of the trainers there at, in Memphis? Because I know there's somebody else and his name escapes me. I think it was Alan Steele also doing it. Yeah, Alan Steele and uh, Derek King. Uh, they, I mean, I, I'm gonna I, I have uh, I've talked to Dustin and gonna do like some seminars up there. But with it being with as busy as I am and and wearing so many different hats, I'm not able to be over there like full time. So I don't do the training. Uh, Alan Steele and are unbelievable. They're amazing and so good in the ring, and and they're doing great things with the trainees there. I'm gonna do some some uh like some seminars and some helping and helping out a lot of the wrestlers there and teaching other stuff and like some of the smaller things. Um, I've done training before. I'm just not doing it with them right now. Uh, the the Skimmerhorns are, are a couple guys that I've trained, and they're on TV Memphis Wrestling. At, you know as we speak and then you know i didn't train but i, I taught a lot of guys you know I, i've taught a lot of the guys that are on the show mike anthony the genetic nightmare is another guy that i've taught so much and you know grew up with him in the wrestling business business and you know i enjoy you know having my fingerprint on a lot of those guys and you can really tell if you really think about you know and look at some of the wrestlers there you can probably pick out a lot of them that i've had my hand on right it's good to share that knowledge and you mentioned Mike Anthony, we had him on here too, and man, it was a pleasure having him on. He's had such a passion for this business, man. He's just as impressive in the ring too. Yeah, he really is. He, Mike is a beast, and, and and the thing is, is Mike didn't always look as great as he did. He he had a decent look to him, but he never was, you know, 
I call him Baby Lesnar <laughs> just because of how big and cut up he is. But in look to it, and he's got that drive and passion. And even, you know, I've got lots of videos of me and him wrestling each other, and it doesn't even look like the same guy. I mean, he was, you know, a lot skinnier and doing a lot more flying and stuff like that. He just – he's elevated his game every year that he's been wrestling. He's gotten better every single year. I told him now that you – know, I told him here recently that he's better now than he ever has been. And that's probably true now because he didn't touch on something that he didn't always look the way he did. And then, yeah. And he says, yes, I just started training and training and just things started falling in place. So with him, I see him and you probably share the same opinion that I do. Maybe that I think he can, I think he's got it. I think he'll be elevated to the next level. I think he's got a, there's a lot of value in him. You know, same thing with Brett Michaels and uh, a lot of the rising stars there. So if you were to pick, a handful of guys to say, yeah, if I were an investor, there were stock, where could I put my money on? Yeah, it's to me, like you said, right off the bat, it's Mike Anthony has probably got to be one of the very first guys to put stock in. Mike Anthony, today, I think Mike Anthony, if he just knew the right people, would be main eventing WrestleMania this year. I mean, he's just that good. Uh, Uncle Mikey, Uncle Mikey is so, so good. I mean, people just don't realize how good Uncle Mikey really is in the ring. What you see out there, I mean, he looks so unbelievable in the ring, and he's so much better. I mean, just you haven't even – he hasn't even scratched the surface of how good he is. And the character – that's the, and the character, he's not playing a character. He's not playing Uncle Mikey. That is Uncle Mikey. He's that way everywhere. You know, on car rides, in the locker room, that's Uncle Mikey, and he's so good. And then, it, you know, you got those two guys, I think, and K. Toomer, of course. Brett Michaels, those are the standouts, I would say, men's-wise. Like, right off the bat, everybody there has got potential and and probably could get a contract, you know, with one of the bigger ones and main event pay-per-views against Omega and Jericho and Hangman and Danielson and all those guys. Uh, a lot, uh, most of them can, but, the, you know, those are the guys that I would put stock in, like, soon. And then you look at, you know, the girls – of course, Nikki. Uh, Nikki's always uh, going to be my top one, but of course, Skyler coming up. Yeah, Skyler, Heather Monroe, Diana Taylor, Amber Rodriguez. I mean, those girls are so good. And the tag teams. I I've told everyone. I think that Memphis Wrestling has the best tag team division, top to bottom, in the world. I mean, you look at the Young Goats. Those guys should be signed now. The Skimmerhorns should be signed now. I mean, you got the Posse. You got, you know. And uh, DK and uh, Danny B, you know, th- those guys are so good. I mean, just elements of wrestling, everyone there, I mean, even Country Rock are just unbelievable tag teams. If I, I was a company, you wanted to do something different, I would almost take and say, okay, listen, I'll take the Memphis Wrestling Tag Team Division. I'll just build a tag team wrestling company because they're so good. I mean, it's to me, it's the best tag team wrestling Top to bottom, I mean, you AEW, you know, the WWE has the, the Usos and the New Day, and then the AEW has, you know, the Young uh, the young Bucks and the FTR and, you know, the Lucha. I mean, all of those guys, great tag teams, but top to bottom from the, the top to the top guys all the way to the, the bottom, none of them is better than Memphis Wrestling. I'd take Memphis Wrestling against anyone. Yeah, and I agree with you. But it seems like the last couple of years, that tag team wrestling has been resurrected. 
because it's it's everywhere now. Concept tag team wrestling, even even so. Yeah, yeah. FTR, FTR, and the Young Bucks have, you know, they brought a lot of eyes to tag team wrestling, and I love the fact that Memphis Wrestling said, you know what, you know, tag team wrestling at WWE, tag team wrestling has always kind of been a sideshow, and they just recently, you know, with the women are starting to, and the women are main eventers just like the guys, and tag team wrestling has always been, you know. They're great, but they're always kind of on the, the back burner. And then AEW comes along and really puts tag team up front and, you know, the concept of tag team wrestling. And then Memphis, I think, has done the same thing. They've taken it and said, okay, listen, the tag teams can be the main event of every show. They're just that good and the concept and they're telling stories and they put tag team wrestling on the same level as the heavyweight title. You know, it, they're at Memphis Wrestling. It's not, you know, the, as a as a wrestler, it's the Memphis Championship or bust. It's the tag titles, the Memphis title, and the women's title are all on equal footing. Man, that's also it says it says an awful lot about where you're at. You know, the talent is that hot. So what would seem because I know you also have a hand, you know, being in the back of of it all, and it seems that now it's talents knocking on your door because I know when some companies start, they start calling talent to book them, but it seems now that. Hey, uh, hey, brother, help me out, man. I got to be a part of Memphis. Absolutely, yeah. We've got, uh, and it's not just you know the the uh, the independent guys. You know, we we've got lots of independent guys. You know, calling. Hey, you know, I, I want to be a part of it. You know, how how do I get on the show? But we, I mean, we've got big names and names from, you know, AEW and Impact that are calling. Hey, you know, you guys, bring me in. Let, let's do something. I, I, you know, I really enjoy. You know, I see what y'all are doing. You know. You know, I've heard from Larcher and, and Nyla Rose and Jordan Grace, you know, let's do this. I heard you know, how great it is. Let's do this. I want to be a part of it. And it shows. And I think, unfortunately, last year we're all kind of slow, you know, with COVID a little bit before that. But now I think that wrestling's on full steam. And, I mean, there's nowhere Memphis can't go. Yeah. So where do you see championship wrestling for Memphis going? Now the door's wide open again. Yeah, the door is wide open. I think that more and more stars and, uh, I mean, end, I think at the same time, a lot of the Memphis wrestling stars, the Mike Anthony's, the Uncle Mikey's, are going to become more and more of a bigger star to, you know, a point where, you know, I want to see the point where every one of those guys in that Memphis locker room are the draw. You know, it's not just, you know, hey, we're bringing in Booker T and Mickey James. You know, it's I want those guys to, to get called to get brought in or, hey, you know, we've got Uncle Mikey coming in, you know, in a couple of weeks. You know, make sure you get your tickets, you know, to it. What the you know, I think that the Memphis wrestling stars are going to become just get brighter and brighter and bigger. And then, as far as the company goes, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I can't talk about yet, but that are uh, coming down the, the, the pike that uh will surprise a lot of people and a lot of big things coming. Uh, more and more television stations are you know picking up the product, and I think that. As we as the year goes along, we're going to shock a lot of people, and a, a lot of people, even more and more people, are going to be watching and buying tickets and buying merchandise. And honestly, I think that that Memphis wrestling, the sky's the limit. It really is because a lot of people are are picking up on it and they're realizing that it's you know that mix of old school wrestling with the new school feel. And I think that Memphis wrestling just takes and and blends it so perfectly. And you're you're all gonna outgrow that building. You have to go somewhere else. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, my dream. I don't know, and and I don't take this to heart. You know, as 
news or anything like that because I've heard nothing about it. No one's talking about nothing like that. My dream was always to wrestle in the Mid-South Coliseum, and I'd love Memphis Wrestling to be able to to get back in that building. You know, once everything is up, where we can have more and more people, and you know, I don't, I don't, I know the building they they do the uh, Mid South Revival, and we'll be a part of that here pretty soon. Uh, sure, that wrestle right outside in the parking lot of the uh, Mid South Coliseum. But I'd love to wrestle the Mid South Coliseum. I'd love to go out there with you know, ten thousand people strong, just going crazy for Memphis wrestling. And I don't see it in probably in a short amount of time whether that will happen with everything you have going on. What other projects are you working on outside of Memphis? Well, uh, I, right now, uh, I actually have a show coming up, which by the time this comes out, the show will be over with. But I'll have a, I believe I have a return date with them also. But uh, I'm doing a show here. Uh, it's kind of a a reunion show to where, you know, it, it's the Valiant Arena. You know, it's named after Handsome Jimmy Valiant, the Boogie Woogie Man. Uh Another guy from Info, the man, the boy from Info. But yeah, the Bayant Arena is named after him. He's uh, christened the building. He's been there several times. But it's not far from my hometown. And I wrestled a lot there growing up. And uh, I got a show coming up there with them actually this weekend as we record this. But as you know, as people will listen to it, it'll be, you know, don't worry. A couple of weeks from now, I'll be back in it. So you'll be able to go to it. But uh, the show at the Bayon Arena is going to be a, a big one. I'm, I really can't wait for that. There's a lot, and I mean a lot of wrestling, uh, Memphis wrestling stars are going to be there, including one of my favorite tag teams. I don't know why I didn't mention them before, but the Crowleys. The Crowleys are so unbelievable. They're so great. But, yeah, they'll be there. Uh, there will be several big names uh, from Memphis there. Brett Michaels will be there. Uh, that one, and then, of course, you know, I've wrestled a lot with Cape Championship Wrestling in uh, Missouri, and uh, I'll be going back there here pretty soon and talks with them. So catch me. if you're in Missouri, you'll be able to check me out there. Uh, I'll be back at Cape Championship Wrestling here pretty soon. But And it, honestly, I, I'm contact me. Well, actually, most of them that need, you know, contact through Memphis Wrestling and Dustin, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm game to, to go wherever and steal the show for you. And and that you will. So I know we're coming up on close to the end of the show, but if we were to track what you're doing, what's your social media? Because I know you and I, we became friends through Twitter, but I know you got a lot more going on than Twitter. Yeah, yeah, we're friends on Twitter and uh, uh, love all your stuff on there. Thank but, you. Uh, you can, on Twitter, you can find me at Lane One, A-U-S-T-I-N-L-A-N-E, the number one. And then, of course, on Instagram, it's The Real Austin Lane. And then on Facebook, it's best of the best Austin Lane. Talk, yeah, I don't have TikTok because uh, I can't dance. I can wrestle, but I can't dance. <laughs> you're perfect. No, you're perfect for wrestling. Then I, I don't do TikTok. You can't, can not, you won't catch me dead watching that normal stuff. It's crazy, <laughs> abnormal stuff. With so, talking about social media, you can catch the Diego and Divorce Show. We are on the Twitter. I am at co-host underscore Diego. My partner at Lord Devore. The show at Diego and Devore. We're also on Facebook.com forward slash Diego and Devore show. We will tell everybody all about what we're doing as far as uh, shows. And of course, we had that meet and greet with Stan Larry told you about earlier. We will also be playing that before the show, too. So, Mr. Lane, it's been a pleasure having you on the Diego and Devore show. I know we can go on all night, but I know you got to be well rested to go out there and keep proving to the fans and to the other wrestlers why you are the best of the best. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I love being on here. Uh, been on, and trust me, bring me on anytime because you know I'm, I love talking with you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, you know, Lord Devore, of course, he's not here, but uh, tell him I said hi. I will do. Yeah, uh, 
yeah, I really appreciate you guys bringing me on and, and talking with me. It's always a pleasure. Bring me on anytime you want. Yeah, so yeah, just make sure you go out there, follow me, follow, follow the show, follow me, and all that good stuff. Cause we are, like I say, always say, rope to rope and pillar to post, the very best of the best on the microphone or of course on a podcast man i could not end the show any better than that best of the best also lane thank you again for being on the diego and divorce show and i'd like to thank our international friends at metro manila in the philippines and of course our friends here our listener our fans in aurora colorado here in the good old us of a thank you very much for supporting the diego and divorce show Another excellent episode of the Diego and Divorce Show. I can say Diego and Divorce Show to him becomes a, one of those brain worms, whatever they call that with the songs, a brain bird. But for Lord Ever Devore, the best of the best, Austin Lane. This is co-host Diego saying, till next time, talk to you later. The Diego and Divorce Show. Every week, co-host Diego and Lord DeVore talk about pro wrestling, paranormal, entertainment, and beyond. Catch them on anchor.fm slash Diego-DeVoreShow. Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening platform. Learn more at facebook.com slash Show or on Twitter at DiegoAndDevore. It's not just a podcast. They are the Diego and Divorce Show.